Blog Talk Radio. gives 
not just the gift and talent of it, but I recognize that, you know, I'm very congenial. I, I, I make friends easy. And not always friends because, you know, there's a lot of people that smile in your face and mean you no good. You know, I don't know if you know some people, but I know some people um, like that 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 do good to you. You know, while they're still trying to hurt you, you know that 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 say good to you, but they're still stabbing you in the back. I, I know a few people like that. You know, and in church we call them hypocrites. You know, um, and and while I was working today and I was cleaning up, and I thought about why why don't we call the stick up man that smiles in your face in the bar, gives you two drinks. But you know, give you a few drinks, but it's trying to stick you up. Why? Why don't we call them hypocrites? Why don't we call the person who we know or we don't know that smiles in our face and says they are our friend, but they're trying to steal our woman, trying to steal our man? Why don't we call them hypocrites? We call them cheaters. We call them haters. We call them, um, you know, family breakers. What do you call them? We, we call house house records. We call got all these names, but only seems like hypocrites in the church. No, hypocrites are all over. You know, hypocrites is everywhere we go. You know, and what happens when we're trying to build autonomy? People are looking at how efficient others are, are looking at how good you do it, and they compare themselves to what you do, or compare themselves to what someone else does. And because they can't do it as good as Sally, they can't you know do it the way that Johnny does it. They say, "Well, I can't do it." No, we're not looking for the expectation for what God gave you to meet the expectation or to meet the standard that the person that's in front of you is doing. We're looking for you to give God your best. And I said I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to touch it a little bit um, because I remember in, 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 we had a relationship that we really valued. You know, and this friend of mine, they 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 they, they were worth their weight in gold. They 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 were good people. You know, and I, I saw something that I wanted to give them, and I was like, you know what, that's a good gift. But when I looked at it and I saw the price, it it, it came out that it 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 to me it was it was too cheap. So I didn't get it. You know, so no no problem. There wasn't no problem. But what happened? And this person bought me something and was looking for something in return also. But I had nothing that I thought was valuable enough. Now, what they bought me was something that was like, wow, this is this is a nice gift. <laughs> I really didn't think I could and you should take it. You know, but I didn't buy them anything. You know, and I, I didn't buy them anything because I thought what I had wasn't enough. You know, and, and, and here goes the revelation where God began to talk to me while I was just doing so, a few things is that a lot of people hold on to what they have for the for reasons that they feel are noble, for reasons that they feel are right, for reasons that they feel, you know, should should be worth merit towards their heart and towards their virtue. But what happens in that relationship, especially to God, we end up giving him nothing. We we end up giving him nothing. And, and and when it's a time for autonomy, God is not asking you to preach like the pastor. God is not asking you to sing like the soloist that's in the church. God is just asking you for his best. 
for your best. God is asking you to do what you can. You, he wants you to do what he put in you. And, and see, the, the real kicker here is because those people that, are, that move past their fear, those people that move past their own ability and begin to really rely on the Holy Spirit become such a blessing to the church because they realize from the jump that they couldn't do it. They realize that they weren't enough from the start, and everything that they do, they're doing it with a, 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 an underlying fear of messing up, of, of underlying of not being enough. But then when they realize that it's God, it's easy to take their hands off and just say, God, have your way. But when you have a lot of people that have the, God, the talent, they have the gift. They can do it on their own if they want a lot of times when we have those people in front, we never see God, and we never get to truly discern the difference between the anointing and talent. We, we never really sometimes get to see the difference between a move of God and someone who can sway us through emotion. But so we, we want to make sure that when we're building autonomy in the church, that we're grabbing people. I mean, we don't have to grab a lot. Just someone that you can pour into, someone who is willing to say yes, to allow the Lord to use them in any capacity, in the capacity that you need them. You might need a singer. You might be trying to build a choir. You might be trying, you need ushers. You need security. Whatever you need, that someone move into that. And I want to challenge you. You're sitting in the church and you're doing nothing. I want to challenge you to volunteer yourself for ministry. Maybe it's a prison ministry. Maybe it's an usher. Maybe maybe you're a deacon. Maybe someone's noticed you. One of the men that's a deacon noticed you and considering you to be a deacon and become a minister or member of the church that's active. But whatever you do, do something. Move in the things that God gives you because God gave it to you. I was talking to a sister, and we about to get into the word, but I was talking to a sister, and I was, and she just kept saying what she couldn't do, what she couldn't do. And, and I wanted to tell her, stop saying that because the scripture says I can do all things through Christ. My ability might be limited, but if I yield enough, God, if I yield enough and I'm willing to try it, I know I can do it because he's our sufficiency anyway. He, he's the gift. We're not the gift. He's the gift, and he's the giver of gifts. So, God, we thank you. Amen. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing in us. We pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you would move and bless of your spirit, move by your spirit, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer, amen. We we coming out of Second Corinthians the fifth chapter, and I had been dealing with you know and and managing and trying to navigate through the scripture, not for the fact to to truly teach it, but to really ponder the thought of reconciliation and and just thanking God first of all for what He's done, how He's redeemed us from the pit, how he's redeemed us from destruction, how he's reconciled us to himself by himself through his own blood, that he's done these things for us. And the scripture says, and he's given us the ministry. My God, 
what a sacrifice do we have to make as a Christian towards our fellow brother and our fellow brothers, our fellow, um, uh, I'm going to say human, <laughs> our fellow man when it comes to reconciling them to God. Now, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is. I know that there's nothing that I can do. I know it's the power of Christ. I know it's the gospel of God. I know it's God in me, working in me to both will and to do of his good pleasure. Bless you, Brother Van, how you doing? That, that as we move forward, I understand that it's God that does it. But I, I, I'm struggling and I'm, I'm questioning what does reconciliation look like? When God says it in the scripture that it was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And listen, and it said, and he has given us, he didn't say he gave us just the ministry of reconciliation. And I left it out on on purpose, but it said, let me read what Second Corinthians, and I want to first start <clears throat> at verse 11. And I'm doing a lot of reading. Hey, Steve, bless you. I want to do a lot of reading, so you're going to have to follow me, but I'm still in Second Corinthians um, and still Second Corinthians chapter 5 through the whole thing. That, and I want to start at, sec, at, at verse 11 because it says, knowing, therefore, now knowing, therefore, so just, just because that word therefore is there, I'm going to go up to verse 9, you know, and read down. Wherefore, <laughs> that is a therefore, that is a wherefore, but wherefore we labor that whether we're present or absent, we may be accepted of him. So Paul was just explaining that he's doing these things not just because he wants to be approved by man, but that he wants to be approved by God. So whether we, we labor for this reason, not to be pleasing to men, but to be well-pleasing to God. Verse 10, for we must first, what well, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This, this, this is the first I, I want to say this is the first rule that we have to remember. We have a God to answer to. You know, it's a charge to keep I have and a God to glorify the songwriters say We have a charge to keep as carriers of the word. Listen, God has given us, God, God has given us the only mechanism by which we Mortal men can reach the heart of another man, his word. And the Bible says he esteemed his word even above all his name, that he gave us, and not just gave us his word, but he put his word in us and gave us, and I'm going to get to verse, 13, verse 18 and verse 19, but he's given us this ministry. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. And I know that's not a good thing for some people when they think about all of the stuff that they've done. I, I know I can raise both hands on that, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And this is why Paul now goes into the next verse, verse 11, knowing therefore, you know, they go, the Bible tells us it's a terrible thing to fall into the hand of an angry God, knowing therefore, knowing that if God is against you, you know, if the devil is against you, you, you can still have God on your side. But, but if God is against us, who, who can deliver you? Who can help you if God is against you? Knowing therefore the terror, 
My God, we don't talk about it. Who, who would want to talk about the terror of an almighty, all-seeing, all-knowing God, the terror of God? We persuade men, terror of the Lord. We, pers- we persuade them because we understand that God means what he says. We understand that God says it's a heaven and God says it's a hell. And we understand that God says we are separated from me because of sin. You're separated from me and you need reconciliation. You're separated and I can't let you approach me because of your sin. You need the blood. You need to be covered. You need to be washed. You need to be renewed. You need to be regenerated. You need to be restored to right relationship. Because I can't go against what I've already said. I can't go against my word, and my word tells you I can't do it. My hands are off. My hands are tied. I've given you dominion. I've given you authority over all the earth. I've given you everything you need, and I've given you the one mechanism by which you can come. And that's the word of reconciliation. That's the word of repentance. That's the word of God that he's given you because the word that he speaks is spirit, my God, and life. It's the word, hallelujah, that he's given us. We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. Why? Because we have made known to God by what we do, by what we say. Well, we're not looking for man's praise. We're looking for the approval of God. I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Paul is saying that we not only want to please God, but we want what our words to say to come and resonate in your mind, resonate in your heart, resonate in your spirit. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience, for we commend not ourselves again to you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that we may have somewhat to answer them with glory in appearance and not in heart. This is where we want to dispel all beliefs of hypocrisy and all the excuses of hypocrites in the church because we've been given a word. We've been given the word. God is not looking at who those are that are in it just for appearance. God is looking at, did you hear the word? We, I know we. some people can't be saying, oh, well, I ain't going to hear it from them because I know what they did. I know who they are. I, I know their lifestyle. But God wants to know, have you heard the word? Because, listen, those people, those people have to still answer. Those people have to still are still going to be recognized and held accountable by God. Hallelujah. To glory in appearance and not in heart. That I want to challenge every carrier of the word right here, right on this verse. Answer to them, answer them which glory or take pride in appearance. What a tragedy to have the God of all glory available to you and all you want to do. Your main focus is how men look at you. Some of us don't sing 
because of how men look at us. Some of us don't do the will, don't do the work of God because we've already compared ourselves and already taken ourselves out of the game because we can't do it like someone else. And we're looking for the approval and the appearance of men and not wholehearted. You got to pray. You you, got to pray. and, And you can't talk about prayer. You have to pray to pray. God, I don't know how to do it. God, I'm scared. God, I'm afraid. God, I can't sing like that. And God said, just like he told Moses, Moses was a stutterer. And God said, who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? Who gave the talent? My God, God gave us the talent. My God, hallelujah. God gave us the talents that we may give him the glory. And the problem is we think we have the talents because we're looking, and we're looking for the glory ourselves. We're singing and we're waiting for the pats on the back. We're looking for someone to tell us that we're doing good. But God, it's God, please. Where is your heart in ministry? Where is your heart in doing the things of God? Where is your heart? When you're giving of your talent, giving of your gift, giving of your sacrifice, giving of your offering to the Lord of what he gave you. Because we can sing, we can preach, we can minister, we can read, we can do what we do because it's a gift. Some people find it difficult to come in a crowd and talk. I don't. But I do find it difficult to go and talk one-on-one with people. Now, 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 that's crazy. I can talk in front of a thousand easy, but it's one in me just looking at a person in their face. I get uncomfortable with that. But I realize and recognize that's how God made me, so I don't try to put it on someone else. But what I make sure is that what God gave me, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I ain't going to be doing no half-stepping. I'm going to be going in all the way. When the door opens, I'm walking in the door like it's mine because God opened the door. I'm walking in like I belong there because God made the way. I'm walking in it like I'm in charge of whatever it is because I've taken authority in the name of Jesus because he's given me this ministry. Let me keep reading because I'm already excited. For whether we be beside ourselves, what he's saying, whether we be out of our minds or crazy, it is the God. Or whether we be sober and sound mind, it is for you. Whether we be insane, people, you hear them, what what they're saying, they're crazy. Whether we be outside of our minds, it's for God. Or whether we be in our minds, it's for you. Because whether we're right or wrong, we're in this thing to benefit and do the will of God, not just for us, not for us, but for you. We're here because God has a number. We're here because God is trying to reach people. We're here not because we want to preach. We're here because I believe God gave a word for those that don't easily hear. You know some people, we hear, but we don't hear easy. You know, we, we hear, we have selective hearing. Like some people have selective amnesia. Some of us have selective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, have selective hearing. My God, it's for you. For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead, and that he died for all, that we which live should know not henceforth live unto themselves. My goodness. That's a mouthful right there. Because if he all he died for everybody, but when we were already dead, 
in trespasses and sins. The Savior died. My God, hallelujah. I'm excited that he died for me because I, I don't know about you, but I remember. I was a sinner. Oh, my goodness. I remember. And, and I was a sinner with the understanding that it was sin, with the understanding that there was a requirement, with the understanding that God demanded holiness, with the understanding that there was a heaven and a hell. But I was a sinner willingly sinning at times. Sometimes it was like I had no no hope, no help, no strength of my own, no will of my own. I was a slave to sin. But the Savior, <laughs> oh, my goodness, but the Savior. And that's who I want you to see tonight. I want you to see the Savior. I want you to understand that we have a Savior, and his name is Jesus the Christ, my God. We have a Savior that has reconciled us to himself, by himself. Listen to what it says in Titus. My cousin sent this. I didn't even know I was going to use it, but my cousin sent this earlier tonight. And it's Titus 2.14. It says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity unto himself and, and purify unto himself. My goodness. A peculiar people. Zealous of good works that he did it, redeemed us unto himself by giving himself. What what a reconciliation. In Romans it says that perhaps maybe scarcely for a righteous man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. That, that, let, me, let, me, let me emphasize the word, while we, not you, not just me, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. My goodness, hallelujah. What a Savior. That while we were yet in our sins, he made a way out. He made a way of reconciliation. He made a way to open the gate that we will no longer walk in the wide path, that we can enter in at the straight gate. My God, for broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Hallelujah. But straight is the gate. Hallelujah. And narrow is the way that leadeth unto everlasting life, that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. God has given us this ministry, brothers and sisters in Christ, of reconciliation, that our fellow men will hear the gospel, that God would pray. We pray that God would give them ears to hear the gospel, that they may, hallelujah, receive atonement that they may be reconciled as we have been unto God. Let me keep reading this 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 second Corinthians is done. Amen. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Now this is this is where it gets really interesting for me. That really 
<laughs> and I'm going to read it, you know, because it's a familiar passage that we often quote, you hear all the time, Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So, so, so now the things that I thought to do, the things that I would have done, I have to relearn them in Christ. I have to relearn my responses. I have to relearn even how to fix my face, that, you know, my, my facial expressions when something happens. I have to learn, and I have to ask God, how? How do I respond? How, how do you posture my face? I posture, give my, give my body the correct posture in response to this. Give me the correct words. Not just the correct words, but everything about my character. Let it be the correct response when I'm looking at it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If they're new, that means I don't know. And and we as adult males, as adult children of God, as adult women, we don't always admit we don't know. One, we try to do what we see others do sad times when God is calling us to something individual, peculiar sometimes that's different. And God is looking at us. Who will have the courage to step out of the box? I was I was listening to a lot of things going on, and people said, "Well, why are people in the church always say sound the same when they start speaking in tongues?" Because the gifts again are appropriated by faith, and a lot of people, when God is moving them to speak Chinese or some Indian dialect or some other unknown um, language or even an unknown language or tongue of angels, they hear it, but they're afraid to say it or they're afraid to utter it because it don't even sound right to them. And nobody else is talking in Chinese. Why are they going to talk in Chinese? Ain't nobody else talking Russian. <laughs> so, they, so they're afraid. But they have confidence to say what they heard. And sometimes I have to even question, are we parrots? Is it the paraclete or is it parrots? <laughs> you got to forgive me. Is it the paraclete or are we just Christian parrots, you know, just mocking and mimicking what we've already heard and not uttering truly the utterances that have been given to us by the unction of the Holy Spirit? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Listen, old things are passed away. Behold, it says, get out, pay attention, look at this. All things are new. Verse 18, and all things are of God, listen, who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, I'm going to get back to that, but I just want to read it. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us, listen, the word of reconciliation. That right there just just gets me. The ministry of reconciliation through the word of reconciliation. How do we reconcile men and women? How do we reconcile our children? How do we reconcile this generation back to God? I had the privilege of listening to a brother 
preacher on the street corner. I wasn't there personally, but I was looking at him on Facebook. And the power of God and the spirit of God was moving through repentance and his word. We have a ministry of reconciliation. Listen, and God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. God had chosen the foolish things of this world. God had chosen what people are despising right now. The world will not love you if you preach this word of reconciliation. They want to, but we have to, as saints of God, we have to understand Christ didn't do it arrogantly. Christ didn't do it dominantly. Christ didn't do it so bombastically or so, I would say, arrogantly that he chased people away. Yeah, yeah, he chased the money changers. Yeah, he chased the religion spoke away. But his tenacity was in prayer. His tenacity, and this is what I'm praying for, that, God, you have to move in me because I want the tenacity that I need to be a carrier of the gospel. But I want the love. I want the hospitality. I want the strength of character to be so loving that people understand what position I hold in my heart in the love of God for them. And I'm almost I'm almost done. I remember this example of my grandparents my grandmother in particular, because my grandfather wasn't really a disciplinarian. If if you did something to make my grandfather beat you, you, you did something. You know, grandmom would, would knock you upside the head because you did something she said don't do. You know, grandpa, it had to be something that was really wrong. You know, you know he'd tell you, and, you know, and if you don't listen, he'd pop you up with one of them fingers up on your head. But as many whippings as I've got, as many beatings as I got, as many times Mommy Nisi beat me, my aunt smacked me upside my head, and, you know, I hated it at the moment, and I, I, I was hard-headed. That's, that's, that's all to it. But I, I got a lot of whippings, and, and not really a lot, but a lot for me. I, more than I wanted. I mean, who, who, who <laughs> demeanor, thanks, Steve. You, you the word sleuth. I got a word sleuth in here that throw me the right word, you know, when you see, you see a brother struggling. But as many times as they whipped me, never once did I think that they hated me. Never once did I think that they didn't love me. I always knew I was loved. I always knew they loved me. I I, I might not like it. I might have stumped up the stairs like they used to call me Frankenstein, but I would get all stiff and stomp up the steps and they would talk about me. But I never thought that they hated me. I knew they loved me. We've lost the definition of love. Because in somewhere the word love has got misconstrued to make that you know to get along to go along type stuff. That if you love me, you love me with all my flaws. Yeah, yeah, I love you with all your flaws, but that don't mean I'm going to be silent about your flaws. I'm going to tell you because you love me too, right? So this this, this thing has to reciprocate sometimes. But true love, this is what really gets me with God. Because true love looks for no reciprocation. 
and I've said this a few um, episodes ago, and I'll continue to say it, that when you utter the word, I love, I love you, you now have freed that person from responsibility to love. You, you freed that person. I'm like, people, what, what, what you talking about? When you say you love a person, that person that you say that's the object of your affection, that's the object of your love, is no longer responsible to have to love you back. They don't have to. You love them. So the responsibility to love is on the person who says they love. You're not looking for a reciprocation because you love them. If now their behavior is different, if their behavior is different and you begin to treat them different because of their behavior, then it wasn't them that you really loved. It was the way that they behaved the way that they made you feel, and when they stopped making you feel that way, your love changed. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that one, but I'm going to say that anyway. All, all, and, and all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And when you think of the story, that was back at verse 18 again, when you think of the gospel story that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, that we recognize the gospel of the death, life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and the soon return of our Savior to rapture his church. When we think of that story, he's given us the ministry. What does that ministry look like? What is that requiring of us? The requirement of us, it says, to love. There's a ministry that has to come forth in the power of God. It's, it's not the ministry just for healing. We, we're not looking for signs and miracles. We're not looking for signs and wonders. We're looking for the very character of God to be born in our character. We're looking for the very presence of God, of the very word of God to come out of our mouth when we utter and minister the word of God, that what he says is what we say where we can say as Christ is no longer I. You know, Paul said it's no longer I, but Christ said, I don't do anything that I don't do to see the Father do. That we have been given a ministry to reconcile the world back to God. We've been given a ministry to reconcile the world back to the church, back not to the building, but back to the body, that we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. Let me read verse 19, and I'm going to bring it in again. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Listen, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Now, that, that, that's where I'm struggling, and I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some comments about that. Not impute, not looking at what they're doing that's wrong. But he's been given this ministry of reconciliation, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word. I, I need to know what is that word of reconciliation. What is the word of reconciliation? Do we tell people, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in your house? Repent, therefore, 
and turn away from your sin, that Christ came and died as the propitiation for your sin, that if you accept him, if we believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and confess with our mouth that God has raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved, it's all engulfed in love. But though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, it's not the word that, that God is looking for us. It's the condition of our heart when we're giving that word. Or we're preaching to people, and while we're preaching to them, we're preaching to them with the thought that they're losers and the thought that they're just dirty sinners and that they, we're better than them. Or are we doing it because we understand the terror of God and that God has already set what judgment looks like in the word. The word of God, the Bible says, is forever settled in heaven. It's settled. It's a, it's a done deal. We can't change it, even if we wanted to. We can't change what God has already said in his word. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, he's the same God. He's the same God no matter what culture we came He's the same God no matter what society says. He's the same God no matter what what is the common practice. But he's the same God that says, if you come, if you confess, if you repent, if you're willing and obedient, there's a clause what God is requiring for those that have not come under the ark of safety. And that requirement is that even the question as Nicodemus, what must I do? How can a man be born again when he's old? Jesus said, you must be born. You got to be born again. That, that, does that mean you got to go to church all the time and that you no, but as you begin a relationship with God, as you begin to honestly talk to God about the things that you know his word is requiring of you, as you begin to honestly talk to him in the name of and honestly, God, I don't know. I, I know I'm supposed to love you. I don't even know you. I don't love you. I mean, come on, God. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And people saying I don't want to come because they see their weaknesses. They don't want to come because they see that their desires is still towards sin. But Christ is saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What the enemy tries to do with some of us is don't bring us to a point that we're heavy laden. He keeps us at ease. He, he keeps us comfortable. He keeps us with the bag. He keeps us with the money. He keeps us with the things that we have because we don't have a need to look for God because we seem to be self-sufficient. But then some of us have hit bottom, and as we begin to look up, we say, what's the use of calling out to God? When he's ready, he'll deliver me. He'll, he knows my heart. But I want to ask you, do you know your heart? The Bible says that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Do you know your heart? For out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Yes, God knows your heart, but the requirement is the same. 
you that are brokenhearted, you that are weary, you that are torn, you that are in the land and the valley of decision, you still have to come to Christ, be born again. So my challenge to you, if this is you and this word found you and challenged you and talked to your heart and pulled on the strings of your heart, then there's something you have to do. that Because the Bible says that you can't even come to God unless he draw you. So if you're contemplating a pull, if you're contemplating a yes, that means that you're being drawn by the Spirit of God to say yes. And the Bible says, he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If you're coming, I will have a prayer that I want you to repeat with me. I know we're in over 11 countries throughout this globe, all over, all over the world, and on Facebook. So I know wherever Facebook can reach, that's where we are. I'm going to ask. I don't really do this all the time, but... Those are my friends that are sharing it, that can share it. I thank you that are sharing it because it gets to not just my friends, but it gets to your friends too, to share this video. And those that will see it, you know, I pray that the anointing remains on this video until all that God has called to see it, see it, that you may be challenged to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And like I said, I have a prayer. And after I pray, we're going to, you know, I'm going to pray for you, you know, and then we're going to continue to move forward. But just repeat after me, you know, um, say it and mean it, and God will do what you've asked him to do. Amen. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive me my sin and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul. Make me a new creature in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and be Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. If you said what you meant, meant what you said, God has done exactly what you've asked him to do. You know, I'm going to pray for you. Then we're going to have um, Brother Rob or Pastor Toy come on, and they're going to give you some information on how to correspond with Purpose Kingdom. You know, and, and, ch- and challenge you, if you have a church home, you know, go back home. Go back to church. If you're looking for a church here in the Philadelphia area, I recommend the Deliverance Evangelistic Church right there in North Philly, 2001 West Lehigh Avenue. You know, and those who may have churches, we have churches all across Philadelphia that's um, affiliated with the Deliverance Association. You know, and not just that Deliverance is the only church, because it's not. You know, but when I talk, I have to talk about churches that I've been in. You know, so I'm sorry about that. You know, if you're in Augusta area, we have the, you know, Deliverance Evangelistic Church of Augusta. You know, we have a church, Deliverance Evangelistic Church, you know, in Weldon, North Carolina, one in Detroit. You know, so we thank God, you know. Um, amen. Amen. So um, let me pray. 
God, I do thank you, and I bless you for everyone that uh, went through the sinner man's prayer and that has really, truly in their heart repented. God, uh, turning away is what repentance is. I pray, God, that you would give them the spirit of conviction and the spirit of power, that you would give them, God, and enlighten their eye in the name of Jesus, that they would have a hunger and thirst for righteousness, that they would have a hunger and thirst for your word, that they would have a hunger and thirst, God, for more of you and to live holy, God, that they would have a true desire in the name of Jesus for you and your son, God, that you may come and make your abode in them. In the name of Jesus, Satan, the Lord rebuke you, and the blood of Jesus is against you. Loose you, Holy Spirit, that the ministering angels, warring angels, that you administer and war on behalf of those who have come to you. God, we rejoice with them that do rejoice, even as the angels are rejoicing, God, over those that have repented, uh, even more so than over the 90 and 9 that need no repentance. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll come back after um, who comes on the line with the announcements and the information for you um, to correspond with Purpose Kingdom um, with the final word and the benediction. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Williams, for tonight's broadcast and for tonight's teaching. And uh, we really appreciate that. We greatly hope that uh, God restores the strength that it took for you to give tonight's sermon. And uh, real quickly, this is a product Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are, whether you listen to us via phone or Internet. We greatly appreciate your support and your listenership of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with your friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319 319- Five two seven six zero nine one. Anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you just press the number one, and we'll get you in as quickly as we can. Okay. Also, if you want to hear any of our past uh, programs, you can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You just simply have to type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Also, we invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Facebook at uh, which is Purpose Kingdom at Facebook where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements, and from time to time, we do make major announcements on this social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle of Purpose underscore Kingdom. Okay, uh, we also uh, want you, if you want to uh, write us via email, you can write us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise report or if you're in need of a Bible, just leave your contact information, and we'll see about getting you a Bible. All right? And, um, also, we do have pkn.com, where you can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. And there, um, you can just relax and hear some good uh, music. Okay, well, God's one, God's blessing. We'll be joining us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for The Dwelling Place, hosted by Sister Dominique Hudson. And once again, at 9 p.m., we wish... For you to join us for the dwelling point, a dwelling place with Sister Dominique Hudson. And uh, we thank each and every one of you for listening for tonight's episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. 
And with that, uh, we're coming close to the end of the announcements. And the one thing I do want to say is that Reverend Williams is not my favorite reverend. <laughs> and I'm just going to say that right there and just leave it like at that. And we're going to turn the show back over to Reverend Williams. <laughs> I must have took a step down. Uh, I, I lost favor. I lost favor. But we thank God. We just I always tell the brothers that we, we have a men's fellowship, you know, um, and, and if you're looking for, you know, a fellowship of men, brothers to come together, we, we call our men's fellowship, you know, grown folks conversation because we have some real conversations. You know, some some are, are, are the majority of them are light, but a lot of them get into some, we get into some intense conversations sometimes. You know, and if you're looking for just a fellowship, you know, brothers, you know, I'm online on Facebook um, until about uh, probably for another five minutes. And you're looking, you know, send me your contact information over the phone or give me a phone number. You know, um, this is, and I'm sorry, sisters, it is men only. Um, and I'll text you the link whereby um, you can um, tap in, you know, when, when, you have, when you have free time on Saturday morning from 10 to 12. You know, um, to have a conversation with some men as we share the word. We um, have brothers come and share the word. And then we have open discussion about that word. You know, that was um, what we got from it and what we missed from it or whatever, you know, as the Lord leads. But he's given us not just the ministry of reconciliation, but he's also given us the word of reconciliation. It's not our word. It's God's word. It's not our ministry. It's God's ministry, and he's given it to us. He's put it in us. He's put it in us that we may give it to the world as he gave it to us. The world needs Jesus. We don't need another political uprising, as the songwriter said. We don't need another conqueror. Everyone's looking for another Martin Luther King, another Black Lives Matter, another any kind of movement that we can get behind. But what we truly need is the Savior. What we truly need, my God, is to have the very God. I, I even think that I have God on the inside. It's exciting enough for me. We need God. We need a word. We, we need God. God showed, and I'm going to close it after this, God, God showed us the example. And he, the word says that if they knew that they crucified the Lord of glory, if they knew that was why he came, he wouldn't have killed him. But every movement had a man, had a woman, had someone that people followed. And even now, in history, throughout history, even now, when there's a movement that the higher-ups, you know, the elites, or whatever, the conspiracy theorists, or whatever you want to call it, see that is moving in a direction they don't want to go. All of a sudden, that leader is gone. Something happened, uh, you know, a car accident, unknown illness. Something happened to take them out because they understand it's the word that's in your mouth. It's the word that's in your mouth. God is listening to looking for someone who will speak a word of reconciliation, who will preach 
the gospel in love to the masses, to the individuals, to those that aren't easy to hear. (laughs) Amen. Is that you? I pray that God would strengthen you, even those that have just repented, those that have come to the Lord for the first time, those that have just renewed their lives to God, that God is being aware that God has put things in you that's just for you. I can't reach the people that you can reach. You can't reach the people that that's set for me to reach. But if we all get to our own assignment, whether you're a doorkeeper, whether you're a manager, or you're on the top floor of the office building, whether you're someone who invests in stock and got hedge funds and can don't have to work another day in your life, it doesn't matter who you are. God has an assignment for you with your name on it. We want to sing, right? And I sing. I do sing. I got a new name. Over in glory. It is mine. Mine, mine, my God. I got a new name. I got a new walk. I got a new talk. And God wants you to use that walk, use that talk as a part of his ministry to reconcile who he's calling through the word of reconciliation, through your mouth, through my mouth, through our mouths. That's the challenge tonight, that as we pray, that give us this day our daily bread is not just what blesses us, but also what we have in our mouths of ourselves, of our sustenance, of our sustenance to be a blessing to others. Our daily bread is personal, but it's also for everybody. <laughs> so we bless God. We bless God for you, and we thank God, you know, um, that you've tuned in. Continue to pray for DTW Ministry deliverance through the word. We believe it. We believe that deliverance is through the word. The more word you get, God and his word is inseparable. You know, and it doesn't mean that I'm just studying the letter, but I want to get to know the one who wrote the letter, the one who who wrote the book. I want to know him. Do you? Praise the Lord. God bless you. We thank you, God, for everything that we've heard, for what our hearts have felt, for what our ears have heard. God, and what we've handled of the word of God, I pray for every listener, those who have listened, those who are listening, and those, God, who will listen, God, that you would prick their hearts, God, those that need to come to repentance, that you would reach them through this word of reconciliation, that God loves you, and that he's made a reconciling factor through Christ for you. He's made Christ your reconciliation, that they would come to God, that they would come to you, God, through Jesus Christ, through this word of repentance, through this word of reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you. Jesus led. He raised me. I do not lose. 
he saves me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see that I will not lose. Save me. 